When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilali. North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. Episode 17 of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast. Uh, we have a great show for you uh, again this evening, recording on uh, St. Patrick's Day and night. Full house again. Some of us oh, are drinking. Steve. Some of us are not drinking. Um, Jared O'Connor is drinking. How are things, Jared? Yeah, good. Um, yeah, just just starting there now, so uh, happy days. Magoo is on the water. Or else the the man the how, how are things? Not too bad, boys and yourselves. And Sean Dry Dunn is also. <laughs> How are things, Sean? Dry. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we have. All good, all good. Good stuff, good stuff. We've an absolute jam packed show for you today. Um, we The feature interview on today's episode, or this week's episode, is with the manager, uh, Liam Buckley. Um, we also, we're going to preview um, the, the game. That comes up on Saturday, obviously. That's um, the opening game of the season. Um, we also speak to Ken Sloan uh, ahead of the game to kind of preview the game from the Dundalk Fancast, the Dundalk podcast, The Men Who Save Football. And um, we get to hear, uh, you know, across enemy lines what their take is on the opening game of the season. But before all that, um, we're going to speak to... Um, it's been really some week for... Well, it's been some week for the, the Bitter Red Supporters Trust. Uh, Jordan O'Connor, you um, launched a campaign that went viral, it's fair to say, um, yeah. in relation to Sligo Rovers. Sure, listen, you tell us what it was and what happened. Yeah, so um, it's something I've been thinking about for about um, two years. Um, and what the idea is, is that to provide every uh, baby born in Sligo University Hospital with a Rovers jersey. Uh, so that would be their their first ever jersey, um, and I suppose it's probably a good time to do it too with COVID and things like that. That it's a little bit of payback to the community that have supported the club through thick and thin, and um, and also an opportunity I suppose to to grow the Sligo Rovers uh, the Sligo Rovers uh, word, um, you know, into counties like Leitrim. West Cavan, South Donegal, North Mayo, um, because in my opinion, you know, um, the thing about Sligo Rovers is it's not just about Sligo, it's about the, the region. And, you know, we can kind of cross county county boundaries. Um, I actually seen something there in one of the, the, the Mayo newspapers during the week and they picked um, a Mayo All-11 um, team that played in the League of Ireland. And I, actually, I went into the comments underneath it and like there was loads of Mayo guys going like, you know, look, we support Sligo Rovers, they're our club. You know, you, you can't just, you know, bring a club in and expect people to change their clubs. So for me, that was like, it was really good to see that, you know, that we do cross borders. It's not about just about Sligo. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it's we're, we're it's a regional. Um, it's it's the club represents the region. Uh, I just I absolutely forgot. I even forgot this a new feature in the podcast this week. Um, shouts from the shed end, where we hear um, we hear some Sligo Rovers voices uh, giving us some of their thoughts on predictions for the the season ahead. Um, uh, I've spent so much bloody time editing them that uh, I can't believe that I forgot to promote it at the start of the show. So, Jerry, back to um, back to the 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 baby jerseys. Yeah. Uh, so, have you been working on this for two years, or um, you know, what sort of what sort of um, amount of work have you been putting into this recently? Yeah. So, like everything, um, you know, people are saying, "Oh, it's such a simple idea," and yeah, it is a simple idea, but a lot of work goes into in behind the scenes, like trying to get the sizing and get the material and all those kind of different things that we could provide, even like the hospital, they were looking for, for information like that because, um, you know, it has to be up to a certain standard and just crazy stuff like this and just sourcing suppliers. And, and were the hospital open to the idea from the start? Yeah, they were really receptive towards it. Uh, they thought it was an absolutely fantastic idea. Uh, and it's a nice thing for them. They were like, like, it's a nice thing for them as well to be able to give these gifts to, uh, you know, uh, couples that have had you know a, a new baby and it, it's they like they were thrilled because we were chatting to them at the the launch there on Thursday and they were they're like oh my god it's I didn't think like because they're used to dealing with babies all the time and clothes and all that kind of stuff and they're like oh my god they're so cute they're absolutely adorable and they really loved it so it was great um and uh, how devastated Magoo do you think the Bohemians fans are that they didn't think it was first? <laughs> oh, you could you could you could see the fume on Twitter, man. Oh, yeah. all, 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 all I kept saying was, uh, oh, Atlanta do it. And every time you see the comment coming up saying, oh, copy in Atlanta or oh, Atlanta do this, and you clicked into the to the person, Bose fan, Bose fan, Bose fan, Bose fan, fume was unreal. Yeah, yeah but I heard they're um, they're bringing out their own form of pregnancy test now instead. They're going to try and go one better than us. <laughs> I did see I did see a tweet from a Cork City fan who posted the image of the, the hospital staff holding the small little jerseys and underneath the underneath the photograph or on top of the photograph on Twitter, it said uh, Fury and Sligo as uh, as um, shrunken uh, shirts arrive or, or that yeah Sligo Rovers fans were sold tiny shirts or something was, yeah um, but there was a lot of there was a lot of feedback like the I don't know the I don't know what's up with the Bulls fans in particular but yeah they weren't. Yeah, too receptive to the idea but in fairness there's a lot of other clubs fans coming on saying look fair play it's a brilliant idea and you know like Pats fans and stuff like that so that that was really good um, but yeah like it's just gone completely bananas like you know the match of the day were tweeting it and uh, then Sport Talk were on from the UK all the, the major papers in the country have carried it um, and I don't think I was actually talking to Theo as well to see if we could get maybe Everton to help us out with see what kind of reach that we got on it because I we've had some some good stuff down through the years but that seems to have really got as you said gone viral and it'd be lovely to get the numbers. Yeah, you obviously didn't expect it to go that big, Jerry. No, I, I thought it was going to be big, Magoo, but not that big. Um, it's really, I think as well because maybe on COVID and I just just it seems to touch. A good nerve with everybody, um, apart from those fans. It's a feel good uh, story in a bad time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, that's yeah. hitting the nail on the head there, Sean. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I suppose, like with this too, like, you know, yourselves, lads, like, I'm always kind of trying to chip away at things and 
honest to God, the amount of knockbacks that I've gotten uh, over the last two or three years uh, to various different things where things just didn't work out. And like some days you'd be like, you know, oh, Jesus, what's the point? Like, but with this, it's just, you know, it's a great reward. And we've really kind of hit a purple patch over the last while, you know, between like the GoFundMe, the Everton thing, and, and, and this just really kind of, you know, puts the, the cherry on the top and it's just mm. so satisfying, like. Yeah, well, listen, Jerry, um, well done. It was a great idea. Um, like day two into it, it's been a massive success. I'm sure that um, the knock on the repercussions in the future would be significant as well for, for the club. So well done. I just wanted to say as well that, um, um, I meant to say this in previous episodes. If you are listening to the podcast regularly and you enjoy it, or if it's your first time listening to the podcast and you enjoy it, uh, please do let other people know about it. People who you think might be interested either in League of Ireland or who are fellow Slugger Rovers fans, uh, please spread the word or share the podcast on social media feeds, whether it's Facebook and Twitter or whatever, just to get the, the word out there. Uh, I was crunching some numbers over the week and like we get about we get about one and a half thousand uh, listens or downloads a month, which isn't bad going. And um, we, uh, we, it takes a bit of work and a bit of effort to, a little bit of work and a little bit of effort to do all this. So we'd like as many people as possible to be listening to it. And, you know, I'm, I'm also interested in, in the content that's produced by fans at other clubs, just like um, the guys up in Dundalk who create a great podcast and the um, uh, Ken Sloan, who we'll speak to later on. So um, bear in mind that there are other people out there doing similar things and um, a lot of it is quite good. Okay, so... Uh, our new feature on the podcast, uh, Shouts from the Shed End, uh, we asked Sligo Rovers fans uh, on Twitter, and we got a huge response uh, to send us some kind of voice notes uh, through WhatsApp or through email. And um, yeah, as I said, we got a great response. We asked them a number of questions, and we wanted responses to a number of questions. Uh, the first question was, who will finish in the top four this season? Uh, who will get relegated? Who will be Rovers' top goal scorer? And... Um, who will be the Rovers player of the season? And the last question we asked him was, um, if you could take one player from any other League of Ireland team and slot them into Rovers starting 11, who will that be? So we got a great response. Uh, the first person who got back to us is the first voice you'll hear. Uh, it's Dylan Henry, and this is our new slot. It's called Shouts from the Shed End. I think this season it'll be the same top four as last, except on Dock, we'll swap plays with Shamrock Rovers. Um, they'll be champions. Hopefully it's like Rovers to get on top four again, get Europe. Um, I think Longford will probably be relegated. I don't think they've got anyone signed in that anyone really know of. I don't know if the money is there for them. Uh, I think our top goal scorer, I would have said Romeo a few weeks ago, but looking at the friendlies now, there's only one man or boy that's going to be on everyone's lips. And if he kicks off the season like he has the friendlies, uh, there'll be only one player of the year at the end of the season as well, and it'll be Johnny Kenny. And then for one player to join us, it'll probably be Michael Duffy. Um, I think we're missing someone between the midfield and the forward line to link the play. So hopefully that's sorted before the season starts. Kiki O'Grady, who'll finish in the top four? Uh, Dundalk, Shamrock, Bohemians and Sligo Rovers. Uh, who will get relegated? I'd say the Harps have rode their luck for the last few years. So I've got to say, Finn Harps to get relegated. Rovers top score, goal scorer, um, I'd say like you should look at Romeo, but I'm going to throw Riley in there. Who will be Rovers player of the season? If he stays fit, it will be Gary Buckley because we need our defence on song. And if not, it'll be if he's not fit, it'll be McGinty. 
And who would I take from any other LOI team? It had to be probably Richie Towell. We're probably missing that kind of creative fell in the midfield just to put through a pass or just just change the game with a moment and when in a moment. So probably Richie Towell. Hi lads, Aaron O'Connor here in Boyle. Number one, my uh, top four this season I think will be Shams at one, Dundalk two, Rovers will be third and Bowes will be fourth. Um, to be relegated I think Waterford are going to be bottom with uh, Longford and Derry scrapping off be- for that playoff place. I think Derry are going to struggle this season. Our top scorer is going to be Romeo. Um, hopefully Johnny Kenny will push him hard but I think Romeo will probably play more games and finish top uh, John Mahan will be uh, our player of the year and the player from another League of Ireland team I'd like to have is Ronan Finn just to give us a bit more t- attacking guile in midfield and um, player I've admired for a long time obviously and uh, I think he'd uh, really improve our midfield Jamie McGoldrick um, top four I'll go Shams unfortunately to win it uh, Dundalk second, Rovers third, and both fourth. Longford Town to be relegated. Uh, Romeo to be our top goal scorer. Um, John Mann to get player of the season, and then I would take Michael Duffy uh, from Dundalk. I think he is the best player in the league at the minute. Well, lads, David Walsh here uh, for the top four to be Dundalk, Rovers, Pats, and Bows, and. Um, after a season decimated by injuries, uh, Shams get relegated. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, Romeo will be top scorer. Ryan DeVries for player of the season. And uh, Graham Burke, unfortunately, he's a he's a quality player and he's the type of fella who could uh, decide tight games. Like, Hello, this is Paul Kelly here. Um, Shooter Kelly is my Twitter name and online persona. Uh, the first ever SCW hardcore champion and 29-year vet of the showgrounds. My first question is, or who will finish in the top four? I will have to go for Rovers, top, Bowes, second, Dundalk, third, and Pats, fourth. After watching the President's Cup um, last week, I believe Shams aren't good enough to get anywhere near the top four, and... I thought they looked very poor. Second question is who will be relegated? I'm going to go for Waterford to finish bottom. I believe they're a shambles of a club with a lot of loan players or loan signings this season. And I'll go for Drada, uh, second bottom. Uh, third question who will be Rovers' top scorer? I'm going to go for the main man, Romeo. I believe Jordan Gibson is a great addition as well, and he'll be the main sort of creative force. At Romeo is the man. And the fourth question is player of the year. I'm going to go for Niall Moran again after last season's performance. Um, I believe Niall's on the up. Um, hopefully we get to hold on to him for another couple of seasons. And I believe after that, England is the, going to be the place for him. Um, the fifth question is who could you pick? If I could pick a player from another League of Ireland team, who would it be to sign for Rovers? Um, I had a long think about it. I had um, Rory Keaton and Gary Boylan at Galway at the moment, both former Rovers players. Um, I believe both are still good enough to play for Rovers. Um, there's John Mountney at Pats. 
um, Bastian Erie at Bowes, who I believe is since Joseph has left the league, he is the closest thing we've seen to Joseph and Doe since. But I'd have to go for John Mountney. Um, he's a winner. Um, he's been in the league for a long time. Um, he's still a young man. And of course, he's from Mayo, which helps. So that is Shouts from the Shed End. Great to hear some uh, familiar uh, voices. If you know some of those lads, and I'm sure uh, many of you will. Um, but thanks a million to everybody. Who, yeah, thanks a million to everybody who sent in or who responded to that. It was it was good fun. Donor, I'll go to you first. Uh, your top four. Just only does it have to be in order? Or can I just give well, you the four? I think would be in there. Go on, give give them to us in order. In order. We're gonna to have to come back at the end of the season. We're coming back to this. Like this is the idea here, you know. All right, all right, fair enough. I. I think Bulls are going to win the league. Drops Mike. What? <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. I think that's. I. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be too far away from that myself. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, like, and by no means do I think this league is going to be a runaway. Like, well, why? Why did you not want to put them in order? Now you're telling us that you think Bulls are going to win the league. Because <laughs> I don't want to be right. <laughs> Long for second. Reverse psychology. Um. No, look, I think Bowes will win it. Uh, then I'd say between us and Shams for second and third, I think it's going to be very tight. I think the top three in general will be very tight. I think Dundalk will come in on fourth. Um, for relegation, I'm going with Longford. I don't think they've signed well enough. I think they will take points off people, but it won't be enough to stay in the league. Yeah, yeah. But I also think on an outside chance as well, uh, Waterford is worth taking a look at for relegation. But they're an unknown yeah. quantity, really. I mean, they're, yeah. They're, yeah, but what they've signed is a lot of lone young players and they lost an awful lot of quality from last season, what they had. Yeah. So yeah. And the management. And the management, yeah. like Unknown. Yeah, complete unknown, really. Like, she, like Sheedy's not a young manager coming in. Like, he's, he's been around the block. Yeah. Hasn't done anything of worth it so far. Yeah. Um, top top score. goal scorer, Romeo. Yeah. Okay. I, th- I think it's a safe enough bet for us, to be honest. Um, and player of the year I've gone for either Bulger or Mahan yeah well it would be great it would be great come the end of the season I mean if we're giving Greg Bulger the, the you know the player of the season it's probably been a pretty good season he's probably remained fit he's played a significant yeah. part like you know so yeah okay I, th- I think if we have a successful season I think he will be a massive part of it so yeah. that's why I'm, I'm thinking he'd be player of the season and what we saw from John towards the end of last season after coming back from a massive injury was really, really impressive. So I think he's only going to kick on this year and be even better again. Okay, who would you take from elsewhere in the league? Tariq Wilson from Bulls. Yeah. Left back. Left I, yeah, I think he'd had a, a serious injection of quality on our left-hand side. Yeah, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I believe, and I was I was under the impression that we were looking at him. I'm sure everybody was looking at him in fairness, trying to get him in like, you know. Yeah. But, um, um, Magoo, um, your top four. We've got another mic drop coming up here. Well, you take, um, oh goals. yeah, big. We have a big, we have a huge mic drop coming up here now, because like Sean, I think that it'll be much closer this year. I th- I don't think there'll be too much between. I don't think Shams are nowhere as good as last year. Dundalk, well, Dundalk obviously have a class squad, like but sure they had a class squad last year too, and look what they did. I think the manager lost that dressing room, and 
one one game last week won't convince me otherwise. So um I think with like Sean, I think Bowles will fancy their chances this year. Obviously they've they've but scoring goals might be a problem for them though. Um so on that note, yeah, are Bowles not weaker this season because of the loss of uh, Wright and Mandreu? No, nah, I don't know. They've signed, they've signed a lot of good players, but I just, uh, scoring goals might be the, the problem. Andrew didn't then, play half the season last year. Yeah. Like, the, 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 there's, there's a great uh, management team as well, I think, and they'll play the same way. And they'll buy into... If you're, if you're, if you're in the starting 11, you've bought into the way to play. So if they can get, if they can, if they can get the work out of them and then they're, the players like Harry and stuff step up, then they'll, they'll, be, and they'll be a serious outfit. And they're excellently marketed. Excellently worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're a pain in the hole. <laughs> yeah. See the two, anyway, two towers in New Jersey. <laughs> I, I, I was awful disappointed in all the comments back that nobody, having said that all that, that nobody has picked us to win it. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? True. Oh, no. Like, Magoo. you're supposed to be football Mag- fans. Are supposed, no, you're supposed to be. Uh, we're optimists by trade, football fans. That's no, we're Rovers Sli- fans. We know well what jinxes are. We don't oh. like to jinx it. You never say we're going to win the league. Well, I say we're going to win. Oh, sure, Kelly has win it. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah. we're going to win it, and then I don't give a shit who's in the rest of the top four because we won it. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. so who's our? So who'd be, let's jump to question three. Who's our top goal scorer? Um, ooh, uh, Ryan. Oh, ooh, like that. Is he playing from a wide position or is he up top? Well, I he either he could he'll either uh, up top or he'll play number ten. He'll be in around, but um, I think he showed last with a couple of goals he got. He um, he does seem to be in the right place at times. If he's given yeah. a chance to play up in that area, like when he was playing when he was playing out wide, obviously not so much. But a couple of games he played in around the central area, he was he he found himself in good positions. Variety um, of different finishes as well. He's very yeah, capable yeah. in the box. Yeah, he's brave. Um, Sorry, I'm cutting across to you a bit. And um, your um, sorry, played the se- played the season. Rovers played the season. Oh, great. Uh, Bulger, yeah. Like when we win it, we're going to have Bulger's going to have to be obviously outstanding. So yeah, it'll be Bulger. And um, you, we don't need to take anybody from anywhere else in the league if we won the league. Um, I would take. I like, did a few like Sean. I thought Wilson was very good. I was hoping, but um, if if there has been one area of the pitch, uh, you're probably Bastian Harry. It's a outstanding footballer. Yeah, I mean, if we had somebody like him, you'd be super, super excited about um, about ah, the season yeah. ahead. Yeah, um, I think that's the only place. I think we're well covered, back and front. It's just well, in between maybe. With Harry though, they we're assuming he brings the form he had when he was with Waterford or Limerick and well, all that. And what, yeah, was like, what was he like? What was he like up the north? What was he like up the north? Stinking, really, really, yeah. really bad, really bad. He actually, he was, he was on the bench probably more than he actually played yeah. in the end. And look, Linfield didn't let him go for nothing. Yeah, they couldn't wait to get him out the door. And bear in mind, won't. Fenlon's involved up there as well, like, so he would have known all about him. Yeah, but he won't get into the balls team if he's not if he's not doing it. Like, Long won't no. throw him in just for the sake of it. Like, oh, no, he, he won't play a name player no. just because of who like, he is. He didn't play um, against uh, Shelburne the other night for balls. He's, he was on the bench, Harry. Um, okay, uh, Jerry, your top four. Yeah, so uh, unfortunately, I'm going with Shams on top. Uh, second, then I'd put Dundalk. Third, I'd go for Bose. And fourth, I'd go for ourselves. Okay. Um, so, like, did we all watch the President's Cup or did we watch some of the President's Cup? I was playing bingo. 
Oh, that's right, Jim. Sorry, I missed uh, missed the old bingo there. But I have to say that, um, like, I think that there's going to be. I think shams are going to struggle to reproduce anything like they reproduced last season, um, with uh, Mackinoff and Burn missing. I think it's yeah, just so going to be lost. That, they've lost nearly seventeen league goals last year out of eighteen games. Massive they thing. Si- they haven't signed anybody. Like that, they're expecting Rory. Wasn't it? Is it Gaffney or Gaffney, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Expect, do we expect him to step up? Like to have Graham Burke, obviously, and they won it last year without, but that's the point. They won it last year without any strikers, but they were getting the goals from midfield. Yeah. Like your man McCann isn't going to score them. But also, midfield. also, Byrne and McEniff were a massive part of the system. They were, they were huge to have They were they, the they, system. Yeah. They were like Byrne was splitting things from, from deep, and McEniff was an engine that just wouldn't stop. And, yeah, well, like and he was excellent on the ball when the when he got it as well. Like they're yeah. they're a weaker side yeah. without them. There's no two ways about yeah. them. Like we didn't even we didn't even mention the assists that they had. How many yeah. how many assists did Burnham American have? Yeah. Like I I think I don't I don't think um definitely oh. and it, like Bradley Bradley made a comment the other night about um about that does does he lady could pick the team up in the dock and they still come up with a good team. But he had the same last year. This will test what kind of manager he is this year. Yeah. Um, well, and they also have Richie Tell to come in, who did his hamstring in that um, EFL Cup final. I don't know how bad it is, but um, I think they'd be heavily reliant on Richie Tell to try and maintain that continuity. I guess that they're missing from um, from Burke or from Byrne and, uh, and Mackinoff. So. I guess that's that's a bit up in the air as well. But I think I do like looking at Dundalk, and I know we'll talk about them later on in a little bit more depth. But I think that um, I do think that I think the players will be able to set aside the managerial and the coaching issues. I think the squad is just too strong for them not to perform. Um, but sure, was strong last year, I know, but I, I think there was probably more. They were in the middle of the upheaval, but now the players that are there, they're getting paid their money. The, the players that stayed are obviously getting paid good money, and they've either come together like. Um, they, they, they now know who's there. They know that, um, I mean, you could kind of pick that team, I guess. I know there's a lot of new players in there and your man, um, the big center half looks good and all that. But I do believe that the players that have been there for the last number of years, no matter what you do with them, they're, they're a strong team. And I don't, I don't think, I think kind of Bradley's right in a way that it doesn't matter who's picking the team up there. If you've got McElhinney fit, if you've got Michael Duffy fit, they're, they're always going to be good. They're better than, but they weren't. But they weren't good in the league last year. How? How could because they, they were, the because they were all over. Be because they were. Yeah, but how could it be? Yeah, but why were they all over the place? Is what I'm asking you. Because they were in this turmoil of the this, the manager coming in, all the stuff of the owners. To a degree, I think they'll be able to park that, put set it to one side. So you're telling me that turmoil isn't going on now at the minute? I, yeah, but only, I think only only a few days ago, the Filippo wasn't manager anymore, and now yeah, Shane Keegan is. If I'm and up there, Jim Magilton was on the radio yesterday or something saying. That Filippo is still the manager. Yeah. To just say that Keegan's the manager because of what they finally got from UEFA. And like but you but your um Daniel Cleary or Duffy or whoever it might be, and you're listening to all this going on, you're not thinking about it. That's that's just the until you lose me. Well, I mean, yeah. And I think you know we and still, then who falls it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Then but that's if they've a bad start, the thing could fall apart. Well, that's so, where we come into play. And that's where we come yeah, into play. There you go. Question two, um, who do you who do you see to be relegated this season? Just to go back to the first question, I didn't really get a chance to... Oh, I beg your pardon, Barry. I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> was was was, whose who's fault was that? Well, that might be fault. Yeah. 
No, just look, uh, the reason I think there'll be the, the sequence of the one, two, three, four, I just think that Shams, I, I'm not going to go into it too much because I think we've done it already, but I think Shams and the dock, I think the, the strength and depth that they have, you know, um, that'll just get them to one and two. I think Bowes, uh, I think they've lost a lot of attacking options. I know they're still going to be good, but I don't know if they're going to get the goals to, to get into the top two. And ourselves, I think just the lack of strength and depth will, you know, uh, could come up a bit of a cropper core towards the end of the season, along with Europe. So, number two, then, um, relegation. I think Longford will get relegated, and I think they'll actually probably set a record in terms of how little points they get. I think they're going to be absolutely annihilated. Um, they come up through the through the playoffs. They weren't. But they were the fourth best team in the in the first division last year, so I think they haven't signed enough. I think Aaron Dobbs their 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 best signing. Uh, I, I just think they're they're in big big trouble, and they're going to set a record for all the wrong reasons. Um, I think just on that as well. I think Drogs are the complete opposite. I think they're going to take a hell of a lot of points from everybody. Yeah, um, I think you know they Very could get up to 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 get up fifth, even fourth. Very clever signings. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he signed really, really well. And in fairness to, to Tim, he seems to... Fancy looks like he's a real proper coach, doesn't he? He's got a yeah, real reputation. Yeah, he, knows, yeah. he knows what he's about. He knows what the team is about. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's cute, like, and I think he'll do a really, really good job there. And could be a shout for a manager at Rovers, you know, when the likes of Liam moves on. Please God, it won't be for a long, long time. But I just like the way he's, he's going about his business. Um then, Liam moves into director of football. Yes, I did. I did read during the week that um, Tim Clancy had to like he had to take a second job when he as part of his um, time at Drada. So he's really committed to to that whole thing. Like, he, like if he gets any success, he could be at Drada for a long time. It could be difficult to if they get any momentum. You know, he could be there for a while as well. You know. Yeah. Um, so I'm just tipping him for the next Rovers manager hot seat. Um. um then, sorry, no, I was just going to say there's a lot of good shouts going on here for tonight for bets for people in there. Yeah, <laughs> make people a fortune here tonight. Go on, yeah. top goal scorer, Jerry. So, top goal scorer, uh, would be I think I agree with Magoo. I think the race, um, again, he he's kind of sometimes you know, depending on what position, but he arrives late into the box and um, he's good at getting on the end of things. I think he's a brave player as well. He can score with his head. He can, you know, he's strong physical. And uh, so just an outside shout there. I think Ryan might be the top, top scorer. I think with Romeo, everybody's expecting to be top scorer, but you know, will Romeo be the Romeo that left? That's, that's my concern. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. He didn't set the, the world on fire over us in, in in, in America, he's taking, it easy. He's taking it easy. Taking it easy. Yeah, he was he resting the flag. Well, timeout, timeout in the states. Yeah. He was sunning himself <laughs> and living it up, you know. But I think if we get back the the Romeo that we had uh, two years ago, I think we will push. I think we'll push for the lead. That's just why I'm putting this forth. I'm just not sure about him. I don't want to see us relying on the Romeo that we had two seasons ago, where it was a punt up the field into space. For him to get onto a ball and smash it into the net, like we want to have progressed, and like maybe this won't suit Romeo. Maybe 
a more developed style of play isn't going to suit Romeo. Maybe we won't see him as much as or be reliant on him as, as much as we were in the past. It could be very different, like you know. Yeah. Um yeah. So, yeah. So player of this player of the season. So the player of the season, I'm gonna go from court. Really, really impressed with him. Um you know, I think he's probably I think I touched on him before, I think he's probably played the most amount of minutes. And throughout the uh, preseason, he slotted into several different positions and looked really, really good in most of them. You know, Sean talked about him as well there last week, um, playing uh, left back. You know, he was able to get up the pitch. He had a he's a few tricks behind him, um, and he's 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 a physically big, strong lad. So I think for him, he's my standout. Um, yeah, so McCourt. Okay, and um, who are you taking from another team in the league? So, um, again, just prob- we're getting a takeaway there. That's where I'm ah. going. <laughs> that's, McC- that's McCourt at the top of the bottle of wine taking him for player of the season. Yeah. <laughs> What's on the menu, Jerry? Supreme pizza delivered. Oh, very good. I just had a Delange Lamb myself. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, all yeah. The, all the good takeaways are available. <laughs> <laughs> couple of players here. Uh, so... I like the Bastian Harry uh, of previous. Um, I think he'd be a serious player to to put into our midfield attacking attacking wise. But um, the one I go for is um, is and he's not, I know he's not back in the league yet, but it'd be Richie Tau. I just think he's in this league. He's he's a, he's an animal, um, and I think between him and Bulger and that, we really drive drive forward. So that's my okay, okay. For so uh, that's Jerry's uh, four questions answered, or five questions answered even. So next up is our interview with uh, manager Liam Buckley. The last time we spoke to him was at the in the middle of December, at the end of the season. We had a really good and frank conversation with him, and uh, once again, he was a total gentleman. And when we spoke to him this evening, straight up with all the answers that um, are all the questions that he answered, and he doesn't hold back. You know, I'm really honest. So we're really appreciative of the time that. Um, that Liam gives us. So we started off by asking him um, about the, the 100th anniversary of the league. You, you'd never know it. Um, there's no publicity around it. Uh, this is the 100th year of the League of Ireland. Kieran Shannon in the um, Irish Examiner wrote a great piece on it today. But as someone, Liam, who's had um, you know, a, a huge amount of experience in the league, played in the league, coach, managed in the league, you know, what are the attributes that you would... Um, that you would uh, associate with the league you know if you were talking to if you could remove yourself from the day-to-day goings on at the league or you were talking to someone from outside of the country you know what, what are the, the main positive attrib- attributes about the league ah commitments from especially the diehards you know there's a lot of people here committed to our league um it's just unfortunate for the last 20 odd years that you know under the current under that regime that it wasn't looked after uh, like this is the top professional level in our country our kids have got to go to England and Britain just to get a career, you know, from that end of it because of uh, the lack of facilities and lack of professionalism as such with our league here. And there's a lot more that could have been and should have been done, but hopefully, hopefully that's all behind us and we can all move on, you know, with better stadium, better train facilities, et cetera, et cetera. Sorry, going back over the hundred years or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I would, I would have partook in, how's this to say, probably 40 odd years of them. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, I didn't want to say it. Yeah, but for, uh, 
Well, for me, I mean, it's been a, a brilliant life for me from a football perspective, and it gave me an opportunity, um, both personally and professionally, to develop as a footballer. And, you know, at 18 years of age, I was playing with Shell 17. I was with their under-18s, Shells, and by the end of that year, I was playing the first team, and, you know, I, I got a career out of it. And I, I, I'm still involved in that career, which is great. Um, I don't know whether I'm answering the question, what does it mean to me? Um, an awful lot, a huge amount, you know, and I'll be with it till I die, you know, the kind of way, uh, whether it's as, as a supporter or whether it's as an owner or a coach or a player or what something, I'll definitely be involved in it because I, I love it too much, I'll be sorry. So, um, how has pre-season gone? Um, you know, we got to see bits and pieces of it. Um, and, you know, we've reviewed games on the podcast over the last number of weeks. It's very difficult for us to say anything um, with any kind of definitive, um, you know, pre yeah. preseason. But um, from your point of view, um, you know, there was we saw a couple of people going off with um, injuries or maybe it was precautionary taking, you know, removing people from situations. But how has it been for you as a coach and the manager? Yeah, well, for, we're, we're at it now six weeks, so we're into the final week, um, which won't be overly strenuous. As I say, today was just a good session, more so than a walk session. Um, it's gone okay in patches, but we have picked up a couple of niggly little muscle injuries, which we didn't pick up last year. But anyway, um, they have arisen. But for the first time today, we had everybody trying. So everybody, no matter who, if you're one of the young kids coming up to the academy, whatever, if you're in the group, or one of the 20 or 19, 18 pros that we have, um, they've all trained today. So everybody's fit from that end of it. It's just the physicality of the whole thing. Some of them have missed a little bit, so I'll have to weigh that up in relation to Saturday's game. Um, I'll, I'll ask one more question, then I'll let one of the lads come in. Um, obviously, a lot of new faces uh, coming into the team. Oh, yeah, actually, the, the next question I really wanted to ask you was, um, so this is year three for you in the showgrounds. Um, would you say that this is now, um, would you say with some sort of certainty that this is a Liam Buckley squad that you, that you have at this, at this stage? Or maybe another way of asking the question is, um, you know, when you arrived, first of all, um, did you feel that you had a lot of work to do to create a squad um, in your image? Uh, and is it nearly there now or, or um, is there still some way to go? Um, at the first year, you know, when you, when you arrive into a new job like Sligo or Pats or whoever it might be, um, like my first year with Pats uh, was we finished uh, fourth, I think, toward a fourth and we got the cup final, got beat. And then the second year we did better. Um, towards you we did well and whatever. Um, from Sligo's end, I think we're here, uh, obviously I've come in and inherited whatever the group had some really good players which have been with us for the last three years is me told you I should say um, last year was a bit messy with the COVID thing you know pulling and chucking um, you know getting two pre-seasons and um, you know the start that we got we had six stupid injuries at the start of the season with broken legs and dislocated shoulders and groins and knees and ankles and whatever um, but this year I'm, I'm a little bit more comfortable with what we have this year there's a better balance in the group I feel um, we've brought in quite well um, we just need them as I said to them we all know they're good players, but they need to play as a team. And it's how we play as a team will define our season here. So we've got to make sure that, you know, we're, we're working on patterns of play and how we're trying to do it, et cetera, et cetera. And I was trying to sign players in to do that. Now, as I say, I'm, I'm happy what we signed in. I'm happy with some of the younger lads that have come up, like young Mark Bourne, Johnny Kenny's done quite well. We've got some of the other kids that are sort of right in the fringes there, but uh, they're not far off it. Killian Heaney, Jason Devaney, just 
Peter McGuire, there's probably about seven or eight of them there that, you know, they'll just need a little bit of time. Um, but uh, I'm happy enough for them where they're all at. Uh, signings that we've, the players that we've kept I'm happy enough with you know the ones we've kept but the signings have, I, I'd like to think we'd be a little bit stronger than last year but Tom will tell on that Liam, uh, Liam we, we spoke to Jordan with Jordan Gibson last week yeah and two things he said kind of stood out for me one was he was talking about his uh, versatility where he'd like to play left right number 10 centre mid and he was yeah. also talking about when he was uh integrating into the group and he mentioned Greg uh, helping him make him make him feel welcome and stuff which I thought stood out a mile because Greg is only joined at the same time as him now yeah. obviously it shows it obviously shows what kind of a character leader Greg would be but was that something you were conscious of when you were making signings that uh, you were looking for lads with versatility and leadership or was it just by chance that them lads happened to become available and you went for them or was yeah, it a well, conscious decision yeah, Shane, I've, I've worked with Greg before uh, with St. Pat's. We won the league and won the cup with him and the team. Um, and I knew what he was bringing to the table, you know, and he does have a, a presence out on the pitch. You'll hear him. Um, even if you're watching it to watch LOI, you'll hear him. Um, he's quite loud on the pitch. Uh, he's a bit bossy, not in a positive way. You know, he does he does stuff on the pitch, which is great. But off the pitch, it's just a humble guy. He's like ourselves, you know, kind of a very good, very helpful around the place. Uh, very positive and does want to do well, you know, and that's why he's won the double. Sorry, he's won the league and cup with Pat's Cork and Shamrock Rovers. Uh, if he could do it with us, I'd be only too delighted. Um, so, uh, but yeah. uh, you know, he, he is good for the likes of Jordan coming in or any any of the new players coming in. He's quite friendly and helpful with all that. Very positive character. Jack, really Byrne, Jack Byrne was on the um, the LOI podcast or LOI Central is called now with um, Johnny. What's his name? Johnny um, Ward. Ward and um, and Niall McDonald. Yes, and he was saying that when he joined, when Jack Byrne first joined Shams, he was only half, he was only half into the idea really of coming back into the League of Ireland. And Greg Bulger was one of the people that pulled him aside and said, um, "You know, you're either doing this or you're not doing it." He gave him a bit of a kick up the arse, like you know. And uh, yeah. Byrne said um, he was one of the most influential people that. In his career to date, because of because of his his how he reacted around that, you know. Yeah, uh, so it, it doesn't surprise me, you know. Kind of as I say, having worked with Greg on on, on the previous occasion, um, uh, and he's good around the place, you know. As I say, he 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 wants everybody trying their best, you know, kind of way. Uh, and is is when I when I know his game as well and how he plays, and you'll see, he's very he's a top player. It would be a great signing for us, you know, the kind of way. Yeah. He does feel like a, a little bit of a, like a keystone that's, that's, that you've put in place. And I would say over the last I mean, like two or three or four seasons that we've had a lot of nice players, probably like a lot of nice lads. And yeah. this, I'm, I'm not criticising uh, Greg Bulger's um, personality or anything, but we kind of needed a couple of fellas who were going to light a couple of fires around the place as well. Like, you know, and, and maybe yeah. Greg is one of these people. Yeah, 100%. And equally with young Niall playing in there as well. Niall can play as that defensive midfielder role. Uh, should we have a two there? You know, he'll pick up from Greg, let me tell you. Uh, he'll yeah. definitely pick up different bits and pieces. Greg doesn't mind bossing people around and making sure they're at it. It's an extra dimension to your team, you know, the kind of way, which is great from my end of it, which I'm delighted with. Liam, in relation to the players been brought in and what's been kept from the previous seasons, uh, from my point of view, anyway, looking on, it seems that you've brought in a lot of players that are willing to work very, very hard off the ball, but then when on the ball, they've got the ability to punish you. Real quality players on the ball. Is that something that we're, we're going to see a lot of this season where it's kind of almost 
an intense pressing style, but then on the ball, it's going to be a bit of a patient build-up as such. Well, you're right. Like it's in possession, out of possession. You know, in possession, I want us to be able to pass it and play and whatever. And that's that's going to be the key for us this year. If if we play well together, we'll do really well. Individually, we've got a lot of good players, but we need to gel that together. Um, so that's it. Out of possession, you know, whether we press or whether we drop off, or we've got to be compact and be absolutely very difficult to to beat. You know, kind of not concede too many stupid goals and all that sort of stuff. Now we've been working on that right to pre-season so you know I, I'd like to think once the penny drops to everybody and we can get our, we can get that style implemented that we've been discussing and, and training with over the last few weeks uh, we'd be quite strong because we do have a, a, a fit group you know the kind of way and I'm looking I kind of saying the likes of Jordan Gibson Romeo quite quick Gibson Romeo's quite quick uh, Figueres quite clever on the ball uh, you've got Ryan DeVries you've got Johnny Kenny you've got Yomar Bourne yeah, these are all guys that I can see them scoring goals are quick and they've got they've got that little bit extra, you know, the kind of way. So um, it is important them to, in the midfield, you have someone like Lisa Gregg or whatever. Uh, we've got Dave Cawley, we've got we've got a good mix of, of you know, from a squad point of view, we've got a stronger bench now this year than we would have had last year, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, to get back to your question, um, we, we, we'll definitely be, well, I'm, I'm hoping we'll be <laughs> more difficult to beat. Uh, and on the ball, I want to score more goals, you know, and to that we need to, everybody has to be held accountable, whether you're playing, if you're playing on the right, we want to know what you're doing on the right. If you're not getting enough crosses or you're not getting in the box for crossing from the left, well, you've got a problem, you know, kind of way. If you're playing off the front man, I don't want to see you halfway down the pitch here, you know, kind of way, play off the front man. You know, if you're playing as a front man, look, we had a difficulty last year, as you would have seen, guys, uh, with people dropping into areas that are very negative. They don't do anything for you, you know, kind of you're 50 yards away from goal, where... You know, if we can, like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at what we have here. We're trying to get them to stay a high line, which will pull play up into the box as such. And hopefully that gives us a better chance to win games. Just one more thing as well on that was um, the players signed as well. There seems to be a huge amount of versatility between them. There's a, a lot of players that can play a number of positions. That was obviously an important factor for you as well. Yeah, like, well, you know, when I, when I look at the defense, we're well covered defensively. Midfield, yeah, we, we've got a little bit of a mix in there. We've got one or two that can play there, that can play up front, or, you know, wide lefty, righty, that sort of scenario. Like Ryan DeVries could play off the front man. He could be the front man. Ryan's technical ability is, is excellent. It wouldn't surprise me he could play up front, uh, which I know he can do. Johnny Kenny can play up front. Uh, Romeo could play up front. Romeo can play in the left, he can play in the right. Jordan Gibson can arguably play off any of the three off the front man, right, left, or, uh, you know, the number 10 playing off him or whatever. Uh, Mark Bourne as well I think Mark's best spot is probably on the left and coming inside uh, he's impressed me in pre-season with some of his games um, there's, as you say there's a good bit of versatility we've equally got some of our defenders can play in midfield so there's a good there's a good, a good all-round uh, uh, group that we have so hopefully as I say we don't pick up too many injuries and we go from there We have um, some questions in from uh, some of our followers on Twitter who wanted to put some questions to you Gavin Martin. Uh, Liam asks, was it a conscious decision um, to put greater focus on signing players who are already, who are already familiar with the league um, over those who are from abroad? Um, not particularly, now, I'll be honest. Um, I, don't mind, I, yeah, I don't mind whether you're a foreigner coming in here because I was a foreigner going into Belgium and going to Spain and going to Switzerland and going to the States, whatever. Um, the, the, the issue you have, and bearing in mind the issue I had as a player, you know, when you travel into these countries, it's bedding in languages, uh, you know, the culture, 
what standard the league is at, bearing in mind I jumped into Belgium, that was the Premier Division there in La Liga in Spain. And it's just, it's finding our feet, is, it can be difficult, you know, the kind of way. And inevitably, I find that the first year, if you have a foreigner in, he do, if, he, if he does well, he'll do far better the second year, you know, the kind of way I do. I do find that they would do better the second year. Uh, but that said, uh, to get to the question, uh, when I looked at what was around and I had my ear to the ground, to be honest with you, I had, I'd chase up some of these months months in advance uh, of the end of the season to make sure they were aware that I was interested and that if they wouldn't make a, a decision on signing for anybody, they discussed it with me. Um, and some of them came through, as you see. So, um, uh, I don't know, does that answer the question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> Oshin Arthur asked as well, and this might be possible... Um, with, um, I think there's definitely more flexibility in the squad, definitely at the back in relation to shape and um, formation. But he asks, um, would you be consider would you consider playing a three at the back or a three four three? Um, but he specifically asks, uh, would you be, would you consider playing a three four three this season? Yeah, well, you could I could play anything. I'll, I'll be sure. If I go back to my career in 1999 or was it 2000, uh, I was managing St Pat's. In my first stint at St. Pat's, and I came in, and uh, the team had played a 4-3-3 the previous year. And I looked at them, and the, the style of play with the 4-3-3, they had they played it long and pressed. Um, and they had success with it, but I looked at it and I said, it wasn't really, I didn't see the players, I didn't want to be just banging it long. I preferred players to feel the ball and get a feel for the play and be entertaining and all that sort of stuff. And we changed to a 3 5 two. Now, I was the first at the time, believe me, at the time, going back to then, and I remember some of the media saying, ah, it's a continental style, that won't work here, because we were all sort of conditioned to be 4-4-2 or a 4-3-3. They were the two primary numbers that you use. Anyway, we used a 3-5-2. We won the league with a record number of points at the time, least amount of goals conceded and the most goals scored. All these systems work. So I would consider a 3-5-2, a 4-3-3. I, I, to be honest with you, I don't care what the numbers are as long as the team is successful. Yeah, yeah. Now, the issue you have with 3-5-2 is you need to work on that and you need to have your players to, to be able to play that. Like, wing-backs need to be very athletic and get up and down the line and because they've got a, a dual purpose there. Your three centre-backs, have they've got to be quite mobile because there's a lot more movement for three of them across the pitch left and right. Um, your three in the middle, more or less the same principles around what they play for me. Uh, that year, in that year, I'm talking about Pats, we had um, Trevor Malloy up front. I don't know if you remember him. And Ingels yeah, Ingels Ingel was an ex Sligo player. Yeah. Trevor Malloy had 20 goals that year and Ingels had 19. Um, like they, they had a fantastic season. Uh, you just need the players to make sure they, they, they can fit into that sort of system, you know, the kind of way. And like, I, I'm happy enough with, with what we have at the minute. There's a reasonable balance about where we're at. The 4-3-3, there's more room for, to manoeuvre with the group that we have here with uh, the 4-3-3 at this minute in time. Well, listen, as if we're losing 1-0, we're we'll definitely looking to change it to do something to get us back in the match, you know, the kind of way. And whether that's a 3-5-2 or a 4-4-2 diamond or a whatever numbers you want, uh, we'll, we'll certainly have some, some sort of tactic to try and get us back in games. Any, any of the lads want to jump in there? Um, I, like, I think that we, we've spoken about um, Danny Kane. Um, he has featured in the, the Friendlies uh, pre-season. Uh, I think we, we'd probably all like to see him signed. Um is 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 that going to happen? <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's that'll be done. Uh, obviously, I want him available for Saturday. You know, the kind okay. of way. So we'll have that be done before the weekend. Yeah. Uh, like then he's, in fairness to him, he's had a troubled couple of years with the injury and whatever his ankle, whatever. Um, and 
you know, from the club's perspective, uh, I, I spoke with Danny on numerous occasions over the Christmas and whatever, and he was up here basically. We're just trying to check to see how his ankle is, you know, kind of. And if he can get through preseason, he's got through preseason. Uh, he's done really well in the matches. Uh, he is a top player, to be honest. If he gets himself properly fit, he'd be a great, he's a great addition to our group. So uh, that'll be done for the weekend. And you said on SligerRovers.com, uh, maybe last week or the week before last, that you're still looking. So are you still looking and might we see more additions? And if so, can you tell us what sort of position they might be filling? Well, I, I don't need that defensively um, on the basis that Danny's clear. Um, so, you know, when I look at what we have defensively, forgive me, just reading these up, she, Robbie McCourt's come in at left-back. If you talk about versatility, uh, he's done great at left back. Uh, he can play in the middle of the park, or he can play centre back, which is great for my end of it. You know the kind of way. Should you have injuries or whatever, we've Regan Donlan. You know about Regan. He can play uh, left full. I could see that Regan playing further up the line. Regan's ability on the ball is fantastic. He can put in some great crosses. He's technically very good. He could actually go into the middle if you went a one and a two, and instead of two, two and a one. If you're you know again looking for a goal, uh, very very clever on the ball and whatever. We've got young Jason Devaney coming in. He's training with us now from the 19s. So we see him uh, making progress. I do see him making progress. And, uh, you know, he, he's another one for the future for us. Uh, these are all defenders. You have John Mahan, you know about John. Uh, he's back fully fit. He's ready to go. Uh, Shane Blaney, guy who got in from uh, Donegal uh, over in England with Don Doncaster. Again, technically very good. Beautiful kicker of the ball. Uh, you know, young lad looking, get, looking to get games and all that. Um, excited to be working with him too. Uh, Gary Buckley, you've seen Gary playing centre-back. Um, you know, he can play midfield as well, which is a great bit of versatility from where we're at. Danny Kane can play any four positions across the back. Uh, we've got Peter Maguire from the 19s. Uh, sorry, a big part. He was 18 last Thursday. It was the first day we could get him in training. Um, so I have high hopes for him. A good size, good on the ball. Uh, I do think he'll train up. Um, Lewis Banks was our player of the year two seasons back. Uh, Callum Horgan came in. He's played most of the preseason games. Done fantastic, great fitness, and you know. And then we got young Scott Lynch as well. So I mean, they're all they're all probably 10, 12 fellas there. You know, kind of way. And some of the younger lads coming in, they'll need time to train up and all that. But nonetheless, I'm happy enough with that. The middle isn't too bad either. I just we I, I need to get in either a middle stroke widey fronty player. You know, which I'm looking at at the minute. And I've discussed. I'm chasing one. I'm chasing two at the minute. Um, so I don't know whether I get either of them. Um, if I don't, I'll keep on working on it. And uh, I'll, I'll still have one half an eye, if there's such a thing, on the summer window, you know, the kind of way, because we've got European football as well this year. So I really would like us to do as best we possibly can do, you know. Um, so we'll continue to look at the, get the best out of this group. And if we can if get a bit better, well, well and good. Uh, before we just talk about the game at the weekend, uh, Chris Benson on Twitter asks about the budget that you had to play with this year in comparison to previous years. Um, did COVID cause issues or did it reduce the budget? Um, you seem to have done quite well so far. You've managed to... to um... uh, yeah, look, budgets are budgets. Um, I, I know what had to be walking off. I know I have a rough idea what Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk and all that. There's a few of them have a bigger budget than those, but there's a few have less. Uh, that's all done. I, that, that's not my main concern, I'll be honest. Uh, my main concern is to get the best out of this group. Like, I know we've got a lot of talented players. I know that when I look on that page there, there's a lot of footballers, the top footballers. They just need to play well together. So it's that brand, it's that style, it's that rhythm on our game. It's, it's how we play will determine how well we do this season. Uh, now, I, I'm optimistic that we'll do well because I think the balance in the group is, is quite good, you know, from where I'm at. Um, so... So, so ahead of, ahead of um, Saturday, you know, it all begins on Saturday. Are you? Would you prefer to be 
playing. Uh, I mean, obviously, we know regardless of what happens at Dundalk, they still have a, a, a strong squad. But would you sooner be taking them on uh, day one on the season instead of giving them a couple of days to or a couple of weeks or a month or two to get warmed up? So, you know, would you see yeah. them at the start then? Later uh, yeah, look, Connor, I, to be honest with you, I don't really think about it too much because you have to play them at some stage. And honestly, God, some people are saying, ah, oh, yeah, they're in transition, they have new players in. I said, so we probably have four or five new players in, you know, the kind of way they might have four or five. So we're both in transition that way. Um, I, I just more, more, more of transitions. Yeah, you know, yeah, correct. Yeah. So oh. I, I'm just trying to get them, get ourselves organized and motivated to make sure we give her a good, good account of ourselves on the weekend and seeking to get results. So we, in fairness, we, we, we picked up a couple of results again that last year, which were critical in fairness. Um, well, we've a great record against them. I think the cup semi final is that great day, although the result wasn't great. But uh, the cup semi final is the last time that we've lost to them. Yeah, we're a bit unlucky there as well with the, the goal that, we, that they scored. And anyway, that's another day's work. But uh, yeah. um, Jordan Gibson said to us, Did you, uh, sorry, Shane, I might not be paying attention. You might have asked this question a, a few minutes ago, Shane. Jordan Gibson said uh, on the podcast last week, he sees himself as a number 10. Um, do you think there's potential for him to play in that kind of creative role behind the striker? And I, could, and just to double up, um, could we could you see us playing two up top across the season? Maybe Johnny Kenny in with with Parks. Is that a potential? Yeah, it could be Johnny Kenny and Ryan DeVries. Uh, yeah, there, look, there, there is that versatility within the group. You know the kind of way. So I wouldn't rule anything out or anything in. Um, and as I say, we will change bits and pieces, shape wise and whatever, right through the season for different reasons. Like if we're winning one day with five minutes to go and we're hanging on, we need to make sure we don't give that away, you know, the kind of way. So, you know, we'll, we'll try and have a strategy for, you know, most of these cases that happen through the season. Um, but um, could I put two up front? Yeah, I could, yeah. I, I could see that. Like, I, I do see, I'll be honest with you, you guys, you know, obviously if we have one up front and one's playing off, an offensive midfielder or a defensive forward, whatever you want to call it, or number 10, whatever, you want to, whatever way you want to look at it, really, I really need... Him, I need the, the top fella to stay as high as he can, and the next fella not to be too far off him. And there should be a, a bit of an elastic between the two of them that they don't ever go too far apart. Because because it's a fullback, I want to have an option to get it into his feet to get it back to the, the offensive mid, out wide. You know, we, we we can design those patterns of play and link play, but only if fellas keep shape and keep position, keep in in some sort of position. You know, the kind of way. Whereas last year, we just had one or two that were running all over the place. I'll be straight. Uh, and it, it just didn't help trying to design any sort of patterns of play. Uh, now, don't get me wrong, we did okay at the end of the day. We finished fourth, but we had some crappy performances, I'll be honest. Uh, probably not the right words there, but, you know, the ones that we look back and I say, oh, geez, it's a pity, a pity about that. We dropped three points there, dropped three points there. Uh, bearing in mind, you know, we were chasing, we were trying to chase the spot in Europe all season, you know, the kind of way. Yeah. Um, has, 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 um, has young Johnny surprised you in pre-season? And maybe giving you a, a, a nice headache, we call it. Um, well, I, I, I've seen enough of him in the 19s, you know, the kind of way. Um, I knew he's decent and I know he's good and all that. Um, it's only when you get walking with these guys, you know, the kind of way, Shane, that I could get a real feel from. Now, I know he's with the 19s, but when I get him in my train session, you know, with John and we're looking at him, whatever, now he has jumped up. Like, he's got a better size now about him, even over yeah. that, that one year, it last 12 months, 18 months. He's got a better shape about him. Very athletic, uh, uh, as honest as the day is long, and uh, his finishing is top notch. His finishing is is the best in our group, you know, the kind of way. So if you gave him 
10 chances and he gave anybody else 10 chances, he'll score more than any of the others, you know, kind of way. Um, uh, without blowing his trumpet there. You but said, <laughs> I know, and I know you're conscious of, um, and I suppose we all are in a way, um, of tempering our, our expectations of Johnny. Like you, you did mention in the press conference during the week that he's doing his leaving cert this year, you know, it's yeah, um, he's got a lot going on, yeah, yeah, over. yeah. No, you're right, Connor. Somebody because somebody said it to me there a couple of weeks back, they said, uh. Yeah, they were talking about uh, one of the Rovers lads that was potentially renewing his contract for getting signed new player, new player in or whatever. Um, and they're looking at the guts of a half million, you know, salary over three years and this, that, and the other. And, and uh, I said, yes, that's amazing. And we have Johnny Kenny doing his leading trade this year. You know, he, 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 he's not making all our training because we want to make sure he gets the best leading trade he can and then push on from there. You know, the kind of way. Now, don't get me wrong. Johnny Kenny may make as big an impact as any other player around the league, you know, the kind of way. And um, as I said, we just want to keep his feet in the ground. You know, we, he's got competition. There's Romeo up there, there's Ryan DeVries up there. Uh, you hear Jordan talking about playing different spots and whatever. And so, look, we'll wait and see how they all pan out, you know, the kind of way. So and young, when, young Mark Bourne as well has done particularly well as well. Yeah, well, he looked great. He looked great. In, uh, and, and I think he put, did he put um, Kenny in for those two goals in the showgrounds the other day? He did, yeah. I, I mean, he really just stood out. So, yeah, um, we have a lot of we have a lot of talent there. Before we finish up, lad, or before we finish up, Liam, um, I suppose you won't answer this question, but we'll, not straight, not straight anyway. But what's the target <laughs> for this year? What what are we aiming for? Uh, look, it'll be the same every year for me. Um, do better than last year. You know, if we can do better than last year, you know, kind of way, like it, that would be some sort of improvement. And let me tell you, like Pats have signed in quite well. Shamrock Rovers have lost a few, but signed in. Uh, Dundalk have signed in. Um, uh, Derry will be a bit unknown at this minute in time but there's there's a, there's a half dozen teams here that will all be thinking top four you know the kind of way um, now I, with, with the greatest respect we, we've Longford and Drogheda who got promoted there I've noted they'll bring something to the party here they're going to take points off teams uh, you know and we, we just need to make sure from our end of it that as I say we have a lot of good players we just need to make sure we've got a style and a, a way about us that we, we both understand in possession and out possession and if we can do that we'll be okay Okay, Jim, I think that Lewis and S lads, you have anything else to add before we, we finish up? No, all good. Uh, best of luck for the, the season ahead, Liam. Um, Thanks, Connor. I think we're all pretty positive about um, you know the signings that have been made. Uh, the feeling around the club is good. Uh, the only downside is that we're, we can't get into the showgrounds, but we'll certainly get to see the first half of the season. But I think uh, for the most part, we're pretty positive. And um, I think there's opportunity in the league as well. I think there's like, I mean, you can say that we're all in transition, but I definitely think there's an opportunity. I don't think uh, Dundalk or Shamrock Rovers are going to r- run away with things, or Shamrock Rovers are not going to run away with things like they did last season. So, mm. um, best of luck, I suppose. I, no, I appreciate that, and thank you guys as well. You know, I know you can get out to all our supporters as well to thank them as well because they're a big part to play in last season. Bear in mind, we had a window there of opportunity in the summer to bring in one or two players that sprung us now into Europe. I'd love us to get through something in Europe if we can. Uh, I'd like us to do well in the league. I'd like us to push on. Um, as I said, we've got quite a lot of good players. Just need to calm down, calm our expectation, just let them at it, probably quietly get at their walk and let's see how we go. Thanks again to Liam Buckley. Really honest and upfront with us. And um, we really appreciate the time that he puts aside to join us. And we wish him the very best of luck for the season ahead. Um, he, he seems quite positive, doesn't he, Sean? Ah, uh, yeah. He does. He's. Uh, it's. It's always refreshing to hear him talk. He is so honest with us in in what he tells us about the side going forward. Uh, I suppose he didn't give too much away in terms of what his expectations were for the season. Just be better than last year. But 
I think he'd be quietly confident within himself as well. He sees the squad he's put together there. It's, it looks to be an impressive attacking looking team. So I think he'll be confident going forward. Okay, so listen, we're going to have a look now ahead of the game that uh, kicks off on Saturday at six o'clock uh, in the showgrounds. It's live on LOI Watch. Um, before we do that, we're going to cross enemy lines. We're going to speak to Ken from the podcast called The Men Who Saved Football. It's the Dundalk fan cast. Uh, and I had a really good chat with Ken uh, about his their expectations of Dundalk fans for Dundalk for the season and um, whether they're worried or not about um, Sligo Rovers uh, this Saturday. I think most Dundalk fans have been very encouraged by the pre-season because um, the, the beginning of the transfer window ended or began on something of a low note with departures of uh, several players that had been much loved and very much at the core of our success over the last few years. But I suppose we, when we saw the, the new incoming players, uh, we have had reason in the past to kind of be a little bit sceptical about players coming in from outside the league. Many of them have come in with you know big reputations but failed really to deliver. Um, but it looks like Jerkovskis and Sonny Nadstad have made a good first impression. Uh, we're familiar with Junior, of course, and I think he was the addition to the squad that really gave most fans cause for optimism because we knew that he was a player, former Golden Boot winner, and we had seen him at Sligo and Derry. We knew that we were getting a player there that could probably give us something different up front. So I think his signing really changed the mood from one of pessimism at the start of the window to a lot more optimism. And with talk of further additions and, and good early signs from Sam Stanton and a few other additions, I think people now are a lot more optimistic than they were perhaps in December and they probably think that we are maybe dark horses for a title challenge against Shamrock Rovers. Um, do you know whether the big centre half Sonny Nadestad will be available on Saturday? It doesn't look like it. Now we've yet to get this officially confirmed but it seems that the red card in the President's Cup is going to prompt a suspension and that would mean because it's a direct red card that he probably wouldn't be eligible for um for saturday's game so that'd be something of a disappointment we're also facing the unusual problem of international call-ups uh, likely to disrupt uh, the squad as well uh, both jakovskis is is an international and as is sunny as well and he's been he's been called into the faroe island squad and may miss a couple of games at the start of the month, um, which, you know, obviously is is not really what you want to see. But I suppose it's a good problem to have if, if you're now losing players to international call-ups. Who's the boss at Oriel Park? It's a really good question. And it's, it's actually probably more complicated than recent media speculation has revealed. Uh, there, there seems to have been a sort of a, a big change in the structure of the club, not just the one that was announced um, last week when Shane Keegan was put front and centre as the manager. But something we've talked about on our own podcast is the sort of changing role of the manager in recent years at Dundalk. Really, Vinnie Pert's departure, you know, it's been reported in the press that a big factor there was Vinnie's resistance to the inclinations of the owners. And we've seen a sort of change where there's five characters now pretty much involved in the running of the team. And beginning with the owner, Chairman Bill Holzeiser, who has ideas that he likes to introduce into the mix now and again. Um, we've got Jim Majulton, who has joined the staff as a sporting director, and he's commented in his 
public statements that his role is still sort of being defined and exactly where the boundaries of the sporting director responsibilities end and the first team or dressing room staff begin is is yet to really be decided and then within the dressing room itself we have Shane Keegan uh, we have Filippo and we have Giuseppe so really uh, exactly where authority lies and where specific duties begin and end. It's something that has been the subject of a lot of speculation. And I think nobody is entirely sure. We know the titles. We know that Shane Keegan is going to be our manager this year. Uh, We know that Giuseppe and Filippo are coaches, but exactly who will be calling the shots? You know, obviously there'll be speculation about that, but I think ultimately Dundalk fans, they won't really care as long as performances are competitive and we see the type of displays and the type of results that we got in the President's Cup. What's your prediction for the top four? Well, I think um, most people have installed Shamrock Rovers as favourites and I suppose that is on the basis of the margin they won the league in last year. I think that's a reasonable call. I think in their hearts of hearts, Dundalk fans would be delighted if we can overturn them. We'd be quietly optimistic that we can certainly challenge them. But it is hard at the moment to look past the settled squad or relatively settled squad that Shamrock Rovers have and to install ourselves as outright favourites, considering the amount of turnover there's been in in the squad. Um, Our players are still getting to know each other. They're still getting to gel. There's a lot of positive signs there. So there's a quiet optimism. But we don't yet know whether the new players will have injury issues to deal with or whether it's just going to take them some time to gel. Rovers, you know, they are favourites. That's possibly just justifiable. Um, I'd be happy enough for them to have the pressure of that position and for us to be presumed by most people to be coming second and uh, be delighted if those positions are reversed by the end of the season. I think Bohemians have lost a few key players, but a lot of people would have them down as um, as the, the third place uh, team. But I think there's very little to choose between St. Patrick's Athletic, who have strengthened in key areas, and also yourselves, who I fancy to have an outside shot at getting into the top four because, um, you know, you do have a league winning manager at the end of the day who knows the league inside out and he's made some interesting additions. And uh, with figures like um, Romeo Parks returning to the showgrounds, um, you, you, you all know what he's capable of. So I think Sligo could have a good season as well. So you're tentatively hopeful going into the uh, Ferdinand and Dock result and going into the game? Well, I, I wouldn't take anything for granted given what has happened in the showgrounds over the last two seasons. You'll remember that in addition to that kind of curiously lacklustre performance that Dundalk had under Vinnie Pert in 2019 in the showgrounds, I think that was possibly due to uh, that we had a series of injuries in midfield. So we were playing Sean Hoare as a kind of makeshift central midfielder. I think Romeo Parks gave our defence a particularly torrid time that day. Uh, we conceded a goal after a minute and it just seemed to kind of there didn't seem to be much of a response. Um, and of course, last year, um, the first game after Vinnie uh, Pert's uh, sacking was against Sligo away. And that was a Dundalk team who perhaps were low on confidence and somewhat shell-shocked, but again, gave in a, a kind of really lackluster performance in which Sligo dominated from the off, got on the front foot and gave us a really torrid time. So given that history, I don't think there's any room for complacency or assuming that Dundalk are going to get a result on Saturday. Um, There'd be a certain amount of trepidation uh, that we get off on the right foot. I think given, you know, what we have, 
one of the one of the areas in which Dundalk seemed to have strengthened considerably is we were heavily reliant on Patrick Hoban um, for goals in previous seasons. But now we have recruited heavily in the front line and we can offer different type of options in addition to Patrick, who is consistently a, a good scorer in the league. So we're probably hoping that the firepower in the squad we'll we'll see we'll see uh, an impact on it on Saturday, and maybe we'll have the goals to get a, a good result. But there there is there is absolutely no complacency among Dundalk fans that uh, three points are in the bag for Saturday or even one, um, given our recent history in the showgrounds. So that was Ken from the Men Who Save Football podcast. Interesting to say that he expects their big centre half, who got sent off in the President's Cup. Sonny Nadestad to be missing for the game on Saturday, which I think can only be good because in the hour or so that, um, that he played in the President's Cup, he looked really dominant. He looked like your kind of classic League of Ireland centre-half, big and um, really imposing. So, um, Magoo, are you, considering our record against Dundalk in recent years, I think our last defeat, as I said to Liam, was this cup semi-final in the showgrounds. Uh, are you positive? Uh, do you feel good going into this game? Or would you prefer to be playing the likes of Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers a little later into the season? Oh, um, I don't know. I don't think it'll matter when you play them. Like Everybody says, I'll oh, get them before they're up and running. But sure, then the same would apply for us. We wouldn't be up and running either. So that I don't think that really matters. Um, am I confident? I, it's, it's hard to know, really. The first game of the season, really, you don't know what you're going to get. Like, the dogs have already played now a competitive game, so they, they might be that wee bit ahead of us. But I'm fairly confident for the whole season, obviously. So, um, you know, I haven't been as excited going into a season in a long time. And that's without even us being in the ground. It's been a long time since we've looked this healthy on the pitch and off the pitch. Um, so it's really exciting. So I am looking forward to it. And I, I do think we can... Um, even disregarding their recent records, just looking at us alone on paper, I do think we can we can get a result on Saturday. Yeah, uh, Jerry, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's really difficult to like. We don't know how we're going to set that up, really. I mean, it's it's difficult to even ask questions about what our expectations are. But are you? Because um, we, more than everybody else, we have a lot of new players. So, do you expect to see a lot of new players? Um, do you expect to see the likes of Romeo? Could Johnny Kenny start? Um, do you think we're going to see those new play, those new faces, or will it be something closer to what we had at the end of last season? Um, I think it'll be a it'll be a mix between the two. Um, I think some of the lads, you know, have really played themselves into the first eleven uh, throughout the the preseason. The likes of Colin Horgan and uh, McCourt and, and players like that. Um, I know Liam said there that everybody trained the last day, but he also kind of, there was a bit of a question mark there as to have, I suppose, the likes of Gary Buckley, he had questioned, will he start? Um, because he hasn't played, say, the last one or two friendlies. So it's kind of a bit of a, a bit of an unknown. And I agree with a lot of what Magoo said. Um, I suppose we don't know how we're going to line up and we don't know how Dundalk are. But at the same time too, I'd be very confident, like, it's probably the most excited and the most confident I have been in a long, long time going into a season. Um, so I, I think we'll do well. Um, look, I know it's the first game of the season. You want to hit the ground running. Um, I, I'd even take a point now at this stage. It wouldn't be a bad result, but I, I, I'd love a win. And I, I don't think there's, there's any reason why we can't win. Yeah, Sean, I, I said that... Um... 
Liam Buckley sounded positive, although he was kind of hemming and hawing about his preseason. He um, said that we picked up a couple of niggly injuries, injuries here and there. So it sounds like things could have been a little bit better from a preparatory or yeah, pre- preparation point of view. So would that um, would that worry you slightly? Yeah, it's it will be slightly concerning, especially I think the players that we did hear that got knocks were kind of the more influential players, if you will, the likes of a Gary Buckley or a Greg Bulger or even John Mahon. I heard had a knock at one point. So and I think Regan Donlan was lately was one as well that was Richard brushed at his finger in one of the games or yeah. before one of the games. Yeah. So that'll be a wee bit concerning. But look, we'll take from what Liam says tonight that everyone is trained, so that's a positive. No matter what way you look at that, that is a positive. So, like that, look, we don't know where we're going to be on Saturday. Tactically, our first 11, you know, the, the whole of pre-season has been a, a complete unknown to us as such because it's been different teams lined out in any game we've got to see, well, two games we've got to see, whatever it may be. But uh, And if you, see, uh, if you see a couple of the underage um, guys starting or coming off the bench, um, are you okay with that in the early part of the season? Absolutely. If if Buckley deems them good enough to play, then they're good enough to play. Mm. He's not a fool of a manager by any means. He won't throw anyone in that's not good enough. He'll, he'll know if they're ready or if they're not. He won't sacrifice them. He won't just feed them to the wolves as such. He, he'll know when they're ready to play. And if they're good enough, they'll play. It's like, it's like the same with Johnny Kenny. He's had an impressive, really impressive pre-season. Liam will be looking at him and if he thinks he's good enough to go in and play Premier Division football, he'll play Premier Division football. It's really as simple as that. And mm. full confidence in Buckley to do that with any young lad. Yeah, yeah. I still kind of feel like we're, we're still, in relation to Liam Buckley's time at the club, we're still in a kind of, we're still working towards his, what would be his kind of complete, um, although there's no such thing as having a complete team under any particular manager, but um, we're still in a kind of trance. We're still, you know, in a, what am I trying to say? We're, we're not still the not, finished article yet. Not the finished article yet, yeah. And I, I mean, I'd be happy if we qualify for Europe and we see our own local players develop that bit more and they kind of solidify themselves as recognised League of Ireland players with potential to, to, do, to, to do greater things. Like I think that, for me, that would be a really good season, whether it's fourth yeah. that gets us mm-hmm. Europe or third that gets us Europe. On yeah. that, Connor, I think we're two players short of an outstanding team. And I'd, I'd say we're a left back and a number 10 away from being from real title challengers, if not winners. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I, would, I would agree with that as well. I think it was interesting, as we said already, it was interesting what Jordan Gibson said about his desire to play in a more central role. He could potentially, he could flourish this season if he is allowed to do that in a number 10 role. So we could see something there. I think that McCourt could... Could potentially be that left back, so I suppose that's what I'm talking about. That this is this uh, transitional period where people are yet who are under the radar could yet be proving themselves. And I think within five games of this season, you'll have an awful lot of questions answered in regards to this thing. And I think yeah. like that, McCourt could be the answer at left back, and hopefully he is. I'd love to know. I'd love to think our answers are already within the squad. That'd be yeah. really refreshing. It'd be brilliant yeah. to know that. So, and I think within five games, we'll have a, we'll have a fair idea. Yeah, okay. Listen, we've covered an awful lot on the show this evening. Um, just to remind people that um, the bingo is going ahead once more this Friday night. Slagger Rovers bingo. You can get 
all the details on slaggerovers.com forward slash bingo. Um, it is, there's 1,300, let me just put it up in front of me here. Uh, 1,300 euro in prizes up for grabs. Uh, there's tickets on the go for, you get a single sheet for 12 euro. You get a double sheet for 20 euro. Kicks off at eight o'clock on Friday night. Slaggerovers.com forward slash bingo. Actually, it's not forward slash bingo. It's bingo event again this Friday night. <laughs> anyway, you know, you know where to find the details. Um, is there anything else that I need to mention before we finish up, Jerry? No, I think uh, I'm happy enough there, Connor. Thanks for everything. Again. The, uh, the AGM is coming up. The virtual AGM is coming up on Tuesday night. If you're a member um, and you want to attend, you should be getting a Zoom link, I guess. Uh, you probably need to contact Theo uh, or the club to get your hands on that link um, if you're attending. And uh, if you want to make your 100 euro voluntary uh, donation for the season, they're looking for it around this time of the year. Uh, if you're a member or if you're not a member, I saw that mentioned in the paper. Oh, yeah, just to mention the local media. There, in this week's champion, there's loads of good stuff. Um, on um, There's about four or five full pages of Rovers content there from Jessica Farry and the rest of the team, the champion. Loads of good stuff. And shorter stuff from the weekender as well. Just didn't happen to see it. Um, but just ahead of the season, if you're looking for your fill, um, it's all there. Um, and finally, just to say, if you're enjoying the podcast, give it a share, tell people about it and um, get the word out there it would be hugely appreciative of that and i think that's us for episode 17 of the podcast oh oh, oh, oh Miguel, Miguel. yeah go ahead no it's just um i was asked to mention as a documentary or a an interview tomorrow night with uh, our ex-manager paul cook um i'm reliably informed that it'll be a must watch for all rovers fans so and who's the when, uh, alan Cawley. Okay. On YouTube tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Okay. Um, so. We don't have a link or anything, but we will, once we know more, we'll post it on social media channels and um, happy to plug that. As I'm sure it'll be reciprocated on other podcasts that Alan Cawley may be involved in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Sean, thanks a million for joining us tonight. It was a long one. Appreciate it. Cheers, Connor. It was enjoyable. Um, Magoo, thanks for coming along again. <laughs> there's lads see you later uh, um, Jerry, uh, it was good to have you on board as well uh, this week hopefully we'll have you next week again thanks Connor. okay that's a wrap thanks guys Yeah.